We are live. Okay. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to opening day for the New York Mets. All right. <laughs> my name is Mark DeMeo. I am your host. Uh, this is uh, Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Canham is with me tonight. What's up, Bill? What's going on, man? We got Dave Sieve. Everyone's been telling me to get him for like a year, year and a half. I go, I don't even know who the hell this guy is. Why should I get him? I know, I know who he was. I know who he was. I always pay attention to the Instagram. I pay attention to. Um, I know you. To, uh, I, I pay. Uh, George Zayas is a friend of mine on on uh, social media as well. Why don't we introduce our guest, Bill? I'm gonna. Uh, I'll do the honors. Uh, he's a retired NYPD lieutenant with 28 years of service. He's the director of the NYPD boxing team. He was a, a really great amateur boxer in his own right. And uh, he's joining us tonight. He's going to talk about the boxing program, how we, you know, what, what the positive things that he's doing. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm uh I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. Bill, how long you been off the job that you don't know me? I've been off nine years. Oh man, that's a, that's a shame. Actually, I kind of blew up probably in the last nine years. It took it took uh, you to get off the job. For me to, 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 I mean, I, I heard of you, but I didn't. When someone, when people mentioned your name at first, I didn't know who you were. And when I looked you up and I saw with Pat Russo, you were involved, and Tommy Dades, and all those guys you were involved in the boxing team. Then right. I, you know, I was like, this guy's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, I always, uh, I always saw you with George in the pictures, right? And your face just became um, because, like I mentioned, you know, I'm friends with George on social media. I remember, I remember him, you know, uh, you know, bumping into him here and there, and um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I always saw your face, and then this is great, though. Hey, where'd here. you get that Riddler outfit there? Hey, listen, that's a that that actually is probably our our. Yeah. It's become our new most favorite uh, show. We were doing four shows a year, of course, because of COVID, uh, we can't. But uh, we started doing. Um, Halloween smokers at the resort casino. Uh -huh. And uh, what we do is besides it being a boxing show, it becomes one big Halloween party. And the last two years, we even had the fighters dress up in costumes. So it's great. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dave, we, tell, our, tell our fans what a smoker is in regards okay, to the right. NYPD. Well, smoker, I don't think know. All right. A smoker comes from way. It's an it's a unsanctioned boxing match. It comes from uh, the, the name comes from way back in the uh, in the day. I was a uh, prohibition where they had these uh, speakeasies and you have to have a password to get into the door so you could drink. But they started doing boxing shows there. They're basically like illegal boxing shows. And uh, you come in there and this guy fights that guy and it's all under the cuff. It's, it's down under and people are smoking cigars. It's a smoker, you know. So what we did is uh, for years, I was actually, um, I was like the most wanted from USA Boxing, where they're the uh, governing organization, and we did smokers. And uh, basically, our fights they don't they don't conform with USA Boxing uh, sanction regulations uh, at first because their cutoff age was 34. So technically, in USA Boxing, a 34 year old couldn't fight a a 35 year old. You know, and I'm dealing with cops, so I'm dealing with you know uh, much much differences in uh, age. And then we used uh, bigger gloves because we didn't want these guys getting hurt. They had to go to work tomorrow. So that was against USA regulation. And then um, we also had uh, like uh, weight disparities. If you have a grudge match with somebody, we take that. 
And just because the guy weighs 20 pounds, 30 pounds more than you, uh, we don't care. You know, we're, we're going to settle that much. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so for for a long time, I was like uh, the enemy. I was like the public enemy of UFC boxing. You know. What do you mean grudge? Explain it to our audience. What is a grudge? Right. So here's here's a grudge match. A grudge match. This is what we are famous for. So a grudge match is technically, uh, hey, this guy here don't like another guy there. You know. Um, in, in the command, you know, you have, you have arguments and something. So we don't want people going to uh, the locker room. We don't want them fighting in the garage. We don't want them going to the roof. Uh, you know, we just want people to to settle it and to settle it for charity. So uh, oftentimes we have what's called the grudge match. And then what happens is um, it became so much fun that it's, it's any two people that are calling each other out or they're in the same command, we make it a grudge match because that uh, – that heightens the intensity and, you know, the whole command comes out. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of so fun. Basically, you, you have uh, somebody that works in one precinct, a police precinct, and then for some reason, maybe it's an adjoining precinct and it was over a collar or something, whatever, something happened. He just doesn't like this guy's face in the other precinct. He'll challenge uh, him. It's usually in the same precinct. It's usually in the same oh, precinct. Really? You can yeah. have them in the same precinct. That's got to yeah. be something. Yeah, I tell you, uh, one of I said one of the best grudges I had was a sergeant who called out a cop. You know, I had a sergeant call out a cop. It was in the uh, was it a three two at the time? It was a two five. I don't I don't know where it was, but it was it was it was in uh in in uptown command. It was in a Harlem command, and uh, and the sergeant didn't like this this rookie. <laughs> and, and he didn't like the rookie the impact. He said this guy's giving me lip all the time. So, so right in front of roll call, as he's giving roll call, he goes, hey, I hear there's a smoker coming up. They take grudge matches. And you know what? I, I don't know the guy's name. Uh, if I do, I won't say it. You know, it's Charlie. I'll, I'll fight you. I'll fight you in a smoker. So the guy had no fear. The guy, the cop really thought that he, you know, he, he didn't like the sergeant either. He goes, I'll fight you anywhere. I'll fight you in the back. I'll fight you in the front. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll fight. And it was a great, it was a great smoker. And uh, the whole precinct was there. Um it's it's really good for morale, you know. Um, I don't believe the, the the higher echelon of the job they really don't like it because it's uh, oh you you're putting uh, bad things on the NYPD. Oh, we have fights. Like oh my God, we have fights. Like Dave, yeah. you should we should have challenged the whole dais of the Comstat to a fight. <laughs> you know, every every job should have that. By the way, yeah, it, it makes so much sense, and also. Um, I, I was just surprised that it happened. I always thought it was like uh, precinct versus precinct for whatever reason. But right. the fact that it's in the same command is very, very interesting. Right, right. I'll tell you what. We had another good grudge. Uh, this was actually oh, – Who won that fight? Who won the fight? The sergeant won. He, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I made sure to referee that one because I knew it was going to be some nonsense. I knew it was going to be craziness. So I said, I'm going to referee it because I don't want anybody stopping the fight. You know, because I knew – I knew things were going to get crazy. I, I, you got to be able to read your cops, right? You can read people, right? When you go to the boxing world, it gets even better. You, you could really, you could see the fight in somebody a lot, a lot better. You could see the craziness. Does Sergeant have boxing experience? No, no. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it was the funniest thing because I told him when the fight was. I, I still remember the date. It was November first, but it was November first. I think two thousand. I want to say seven. It might have been 2006, but I think 2006. He was coming back from the Dominican Republic, and he says, 
I'll be there. I'll come straight from the airport and I'll kick this guy's ass. And uh, <laughs> and he did. He came straight from the airport from uh, the Dominican Republic. Um, and he he got in the ring. He put on his you know he put on his gloves and he and he beat the guy up. Hey, so, you know, I was watching this thing on Vice, uh, and it was about the NYPD boxing smokers. Oh, right. right. And it was a great episode uh, on the Vice channel. Uh, it really spells it all out. But the one of the things that that I found interesting was that you know you have a, a, a like what is the time frame between the time that a smoker's announced because these guys were training, and and a lot of them have no boxing experience, but they start training for this particular smoker. Right, and uh, this is something this is something that I told boxers all the time. It's pretty it's pretty funny, but when you don't know how to box, so say say uh, Mark was going to fight Bill. And you guys say, oh, I'm going to train for it. And you, and you do like a year of training. I guarantee you, since it's your first fight and it's first time in front of a crowd and you're not really that versed in the game, even though you did a year of training, you'll get in the ring and you'll, you'll, you'll lose all, all composure, right? Yeah. That being said, why not just do what it is? You got, you got four to six weeks to train. That's, that's all I give you. I don't want you training too much. I don't want you training uh, because then it doesn't look like a smoker fight. I don't. I don't want you to be too good. Yeah, you, know? you don't want the guys really. You want guys wailing like they're the Notre Dame football team, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it takes it takes years to become that kind of a fighter, and it takes experience. You have to go into the ring a few times. You have to spar. Nobody's got time for that. You know what? What what people are happy with? They like a good fight. They understand what a good fight is. You know. And um, if you're too good. Like uh, I put like actual guys on a boxing team with uh, a couple of good fights in there, and the crowd was bored because you know they're they're posing, they're posturing, they're moving. Nobody wants to see that. They want to see this. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> they want to see the blood and the sweat hitting the yeah, front that's row. It. Yeah, you, you bring up an interesting point here because when you took on the boxing team, you're the director of the boxing team now. Well, uh, say say that Patty Russo's the director. I'm the president. Okay, you're the president. Okay, yeah, Patty Russo loves the title director. He would he would get mad at me right now. <laughs> okay, but when I don't know whether you both came on at the same time, but no, no, I came on later than him. There's Patty well, there Russo. Because I read in the bio, that's what the only reason why I'm, uh, I'm mentioning okay. it. But uh, you know that it, the, you guys were doing like three smokers a year, and then from you know when the two of you combined forces, you started traveling with the team. It, like it, it became like a real boxing team. You would go to other countries. Um, it was it was probably uh, in the opposite way. So before before there was me, there was uh, I don't know if you guys know Mike Emmett, and uh, there was this guy Carl Schroeder. Carl Schroeder is a retired detective, and he's the one who started the team. That was a long time ago. Uh, he started the team um, with a couple other guys. But anyway, uh, with Dan O'Leary, who was on a football team, and, and they started the team, and they they traveled to uh, Moscow. They traveled uh, to, to Bulgaria. I went with them. They went to a few places. And um, then what happened is, like, I took over, and – I realized somewhere, somewhere in the mix between between doing smoke between doing uh, boxing shows is um, I realized that smokers were the best thing going on. Smokers uh, are more fun because because with the smoker I can get a guy who's not a boxer, a guy or girl, you know. And then with social media, I could I could amp it up with the with the beef, you know. Um, 
probably I filled Madison Square Garden with these two girls. They were two um they were these two girls that used to be partnered and uh and 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 they uh they had they had a beef uh with each other. And it's pretty funny because it was it, the, the roots were deep in this. I mean, they came out, they were rookies together, and apparently they did something to another girl's locker and uh you know they you know you know what you do you get your story straight. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Now you get geoed and one of them ratted the other out, you know? Uh, so so the beef stemmed from there. They, they got bounced to different commands and it stayed because let's face it, women keep that anger, you know? Um I'm being politically incorrect, but you know, anybody who's been married understands this. So they <laughs> they, they they kept the anger and um they called each other out to a smoker and it was great. They were too um you know, uh not to put race in it, but they were, they were two like regular white girls that that you would know from you know they they, they like like in your high school you would just know them. Uh, nothing, not not one thing was uh, masculine about either one of them. They were just two two girls, and they hated each other. And we put the hashtag. It's not about a guy because everybody would say, "Hey, is it about a guy?" No, it's not about a guy. Let me tell you, I, and 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 forget about it. Ever since then, we had a lot of women coming to the show and. Uh, you know, girls, girls, girls really loved it. They they were supporting the. the you Dave, know, did you ever have like the grudge become? Uh, have the department get involved in the grudge? Like IAB question any of the uh, fighters? I I've been I've been geoed several times on 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 different incidents uh, because of fights, but uh, but no, not not the grudges. So uh, what what I did have is I I had um, we were we were gonna have two captains fight one time and. Uh, you know, God rest his soul, uh, Chief Morris um, got involved. He called, he called the captain, and and he he didn't he didn't like he didn't like those type of grudges. You know, he <laughs> he felt he felt it was uh, against the um, you know God rest his soul, but uh, he 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 passed with COVID. But uh, you know, but he he didn't like that kind of stuff. And and there were there were a lot of old fogey stogie people that didn't don't like this. But when I'm talking about the morale of a command going through the roof. I mean, uh, Mark, you ever had anybody uh, involved in a in a grudge match in your command? Uh, I don't recall it, but it, it, you know, I remember um, I remember hearing about them, and I remember right. hearing about like how much fun they were. And yeah. you know, it seemed uh, when I was on the job, it seemed a little bit almost like like archaic. But then all of a sudden, and I'm sure it's when you and you know, you guys took over. Um, it seemed more professional. Like you guys put together um, a show that you know you, you're in. You know, like you mentioned the the TV station USA. I think is that what you were talking about? Uh, but you were guy. You guys were on TV. <laughs> you know, you were on ESPN. All of a sudden, we 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 well we we never did a show on ESPN, but we we have been uh we've been to Madison Square Garden, the bar. Yeah, well, Madison oh. Square Garden. That's right. where the, yeah, yeah, that's incredible. No, we 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 did some stuff, and and it's good. I I just um I kind of feel sorry for the job right now, and it's not because I left. It's because uh, I'll I'll still do smokers. It's because of the COVID situation. We really can't do a show, you know. But when you come when you come to our job, there's there's only two places you're gonna meet so many people that you haven't met in a while. And that one is a funeral. Nobody really wants to go to that. But you know, in, in a funeral, uh when somebody dies, you, you know, you're gonna meet a lot of people you haven't seen in years. But it's not it's not a good racket. The smokers, on the other hand, 
everybody comes to the smokers and everybody has a good yeah. time and, and we serve drinks by the way they are not you know we're not like uh mightier than thou we 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 believe in having a few drinks and um you know we got music going on it, it's a it's a good time people people are enjoying themselves that's great yeah. dave we're gonna have to cut to commercial okay. all you guys if you're looking to locate to myrtle beach south carolina carol waters of the beach realty group has been buying and selling property in the Myrtle Beach area for 11 years now. Carol and her husband, Rob Mayen, retired FDNY. He was also on the NYPD. They work as a team. Carol's been a multi-million dollar producer for the past 10 years. They have great knowledge of all aspects of the real estate industry. Carol's well known around the Irish community in New York. She worked in Fitzpatrick's Manhattan Hotel for over 20 years behind the stick. So I know most of you drinkers were there. Originally born in the Bronx and brought up in County Mayo, Ireland. Contact Carol Waters for all your real estate needs in the Myrtle Beach area. There's the uh, Carol Waters Sells MB at gmail.com. Telephone number 914-261-6681. You know everyone wants to flee the Northeast to Myrtle Beach. Give Carol Waters a call. I'm calling it, bro. You're going to call it? We're done tonight. I'm going to get out of here. I live in the Bronx. I think a lot of people. <laughs> I saw, uh, I was, I, I did a little research on you, Dave, oh. and I saw an interview that you did with uh, Brooklyn 12 News. And, you know, I live in the Bronx. We have, because the thing about Brooklyn is it's very positive. They did a really good story with you about the boxing and all the things that you're doing. I, the Bronx 12 News, though. There's never ever anything positive. It's 58 minutes of homicides, and then covering all the, and then there's like two minutes of sports, and sometimes they don't get to the sports. Wow. <laughs> Even the weather's shady. Wow. You guys are like, hey, how's it looking out there, Bob? Well, Dick, it's muggy with a chance of murder. <laughs> That's what the Bronx 12 News looks like. Oh my God! I tell you all. I started doing I started doing smokers in 1996 uh, with, with Pat Russo, and we've been together ever since. And um, I did a smoker. There was a, there was a guy who had cancer in my command, um, and we did a a fundraiser for him, and, and it was fun. And I haven't I haven't uh, stopped since basically since since 1998. It actually it took the world to come to an end for me not to do a smoker in the year. You know, basically with this with this COVID. But um, having Pat Russo uh, with me really helped things out because Patty is uh, dedicated to the kids of New York City, yeah. in New York City. So we, the smoker money, it's good because we have a channel for it. It goes right into uh, the Cops and Kids Boxing Program. So so now, you know, like we, we don't keep none of it. We've given money to MOS. We've given money to charities. Uh, we've given money to um, mostly this program. And this, this Cops and Kids program, we have three gyms right now. Eventually, before I die, I'd like to have it at, uh, I'd like to have it at uh, you know, one gym in each borough. We have two in Staten Island. Uh, that's because Staten Island is very, uh, very friendly to boxing and the police. And they-, they, they You got to come to Queens, man. And, and you got to come to the Bronx. I, I'm so we would love it. We need, what we need is a, is a place. We need a place rent-free. That's yeah, we had Pat on the show. Yeah. And he was talking about how the space that he that he has now, and obviously you mentioned the COVID, but right. they were building it up and they were fixing up. It's an amazing thing that you guys are doing, but 
and we'd love to help you out any way that we possibly can. I always talk about the PAL. I know that uh, for some reason the PAL cut off the boxing yeah, years you know. ago. I, I don't understand that. Um, I remember growing up, I used to box at a, you know, that's where I learned was, um, it wasn't a PA, it was the Lost Battalion Hall on Queens oh, Boulevard. Oh, on Queens Boulevard, yeah. Artie, Artie was my trainer. You know what he told me one time? Because, <laughs> you know. Artie, the, the ex-cab driver? He, he's the black Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, you know yeah, what he told me one time? Because I was big, I was a bodybuilder. I was a, I was a competitive bodybuilder and I, and I went in there to, to, to learn to box. And so I, I, there wasn't that many super heavyweights. Mm -hmm. Like I was over 225. Wow. I was, I was 250, 260. Damn. So I, I always used to tell him, I, well, I want to spar. I want to spar. He goes, hey, just go hit the bag. And then one day when they were, everybody was getting ready for the gloves, they needed super heavyweights to spar with whoever was competing in the super heavyweight division. And I didn't know shit. Like I, I just started sparring. And they used to send me to all these freaking places. Like I would go to like Gleason's to fight somebody I never saw in my life. Oh my god! The, the Michael Elagade's place in Manhattan. And then I came, and one day I came. He goes, "I need you to do a couple of rounds with this guy." I was like, "I can't. My nose hurts." You know what I'm saying? I, right, right. He goes, "Why don't you go back to the weights? They don't hit you back." Oh man! <laughs> yeah, he, like he got pissed at me. So I was like, wow. oh, you know what? I said, okay, good. I'm I'm doing it. Let's go. I got so pissed that he said that to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you, boxing, boxing's uh interesting. Um, I mean, I, I just love it for so, so many reasons, but uh it humbles you, you know, like like you know, I, I boxed for, for a number of years. I got my butt kicked by uh by a lot of people, you know, and I and I, I I kicked a little bit, but you know, for the most part, I I knew where where I stood. I was not a, a great athlete. Uh, no matter how much work I did, I just couldn't get the feel of you know of uh, some some guys. They walk out, they walk in off the street and they do it natural. You know, you you throwing punches at them, they slip in, they slip in. Where did you grow up? Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh in South Queens, South Olson Park. You know, so, so which which gym did you go to when you I went first to uh, South Queens Boys Club when I was going up? Okay, um, and, and, on uh, Atlantic Avenue and 111th Street. Okay, so I was. Yeah, that's, I was that's a pretty mixed up gym in there. Yeah, no, that, that was good. They they had some they had some real uh, people and uh, guys like David Sears and uh, there was a couple guys that came from uh, from Lost Battalion Hall that were trained there back and forth and some guys from Bed Stuy. You know, it was it was a lot of. Um, a lot of pros came through there too, you know. So um, it was it was good. So like I'm, I'm saying, like I, I'd come in, and uh, what's good about boxing is that, like as you found out the hard way, even if you're not that good, you're still a body. You 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 still yeah. serve as a, a moving target for yeah. somebody who can box. You know, surprised how quick you can learn. Yeah, yeah, you learn quick. Pain, pain is a good teacher. You know, I remember this one guy. You know, because when you spar, people don't realize this, but you know, I go in with my, what I want to work on and you go in with what you're going to work on. And, uh, you know, I was, no, I was just going in there. Just, you know, I was working on surviving and this guy that I was, uh, in sparring with, he was working on a left hook to the body and a left hook to the head. And for some reason I could not stop him. It was like uh, over a minute of just 
him doing the same thing coming in, left hook to the body, left hook to the head, and he kept getting like, and it, you know, he was good, he was fast. Yeah, and I couldn't. I, I you, you got to figure out how to stop it. I no. did. I cried and I said, "Please, I want to stop. Can you help me?" <laughs> it's uh, you know, like that's that's one of the great things about boxing is that you you want to gain control over your own reflexes, you know, and and over your fears, you know, and 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 your natural reactions. And and it's very hard to do. It it takes it takes time. That's why like the smokers are fun because um usually if a guy fights in a smoker or a girl fights in a smoker, that's going to be their last time ever ever boxing. It's it's usually one and done. Um but it's a great feeling. You're in front of thousands of people, people are screaming your name, people are talking about it for the next uh months. Uh, if you do bad, they're, they're drawing um, outlines of your body in front of your locker. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's great, some of the funniest people, right? Oh, my God, I love them. I love them. And, and it's a great thing, you know, and it's good for morale. And it's, it's, you know, and by the way, our program, our cops and kids uh, boxing program, it's no joke. We've, we're set, you know, in the last two Olympics, we've sent two, two boxes to the Olympics. And that's that's saying something. You know, one was number one in the country. The other one was number two in the country. So he went for Haiti. But just because you represent a country, it's not like the um, it's not like um, like you automatically get in. You still have to qualify for the Olympics. You know, they don't send in like 100 countries. They only send in like eight people. And to qualify to the Olympics is 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 unbelievable. Eight or 16, you know, in your, in your category. So uh, we had that, and we, we're going to have somebody else, too. He, I mean, you know, knock on wood, hope, hopefully he, he gets enough points to go to the Olympics. But he's number one in the United States. His name is uh, Bruce Carrington. We, his nickname is uh, Shushu. And uh, so for a little police boxing program, in the last three Olympics, including this one coming up, we got three candidates for the Olympics. Like, no, nobody has that, you know, around the world. You we're, know, we're, Dave, it's so important what you guys do, especially with how the police department is being attacked at every possible uh, direction. And to show that cops are doing this for kids, inner city kids all over the city, it's just yeah. a feather in your cap. It really is. And it's great for the police department. No, yeah, it the, is. You they guys post are amazing. When, yeah. you, when I look at the pictures of the the kids that are coming through that program, and I see the face, you you you're looking at somebody who you know just did something great, or is on the verge of something great, and it's a is it's amazing. You could you could tell by just because uh, your Instagram, you're always posting pre, uh, pictures of the the fighters that you have there. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, um, we have we have. Uh, Guys that have be become cops, um, some of some of our cops, uh, you know, they 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 started. They didn't know anything about being a police officer, but they started our cops and kids program, and now they're police officers. Uh, you know, Joel Allen, who I, I believe you could see right there, he should be the one next to me. It's one of one of my uh, one of my cops that came through the program, and he worked with me for the last uh, uh, eight years of my career. You know, he worked in uh, Brooklyn North with me. But um, not only that, we have we have a lot of kids that wouldn't have uh, made it to high school. They went they, they make it to high school, you know, because they learn some discipline. And then we also have a tutor there. Uh, they make it to college. Uh, some have become firemen. Some have become uh, they went into the service. They, you know, became Army or Navy or, you know, stuff like that. Done a service. Uh, some have become police officers. And, you know, the three. 
the three that are you know that Olympians is that's a great thing, but that's that's just a, a small piece of the puzzle. The thing, and then uh, then you have cops training for smokers. Where do we bring them? We bring them right into the hood. You know, we bring them into the hood, and they're training with these kids. So now, now you have these kids that you know you might you might look and say, "Nah, I don't I don't like the way the kid looks." Now this kid's helping you train for for a boxing match, and, and you know, <laughs> he's not killing you, and you realize he can. You know, that's great. And, and and we work with them, and we work with them. It's all. It's <laughs> Mel Melody McAtee, thank you so much for the 1999 super sticker. Rob S, thank you for the five dollar super sticker. You keep Mark and I going with this podcast, which is over two years old now. You know, we get great guests like Dave Sieve here. That's, you know, when he heard we were putting him on the show, I think he uh, was going to put a suit on, but then he thought better of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I started yeah. wearing this. I, I said, let me dress up for one of these things. And the more, you know, it, it, it was gradual. I started dressing up more and more. After a while, people wanted the, you know, they yeah, wanted. Dave, to look at that. There's a there's a serious CEO of kids in boxing. Look at that. That's some picture yeah. you got there, right? You know, <laughs> you bring up uh, the dressing up, and one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, you guys put on a show. Uh, you're not just. Uh, it could be boring, but it's not, because you know you, Pat, and you know, and George, you guys are doing these things uh, with the, with the social media that it relate to a younger crowd. And you're making it fun, you know. Even if, like you mentioned, the Halloween thing, but getting dressed up, and also you're you're an incredible instigator. Like you you. these Thank commands, you. you go to these commands, you find the guy who's supposed to be in the smoker, and then you start asking him the, like, the, like these questions, like, "What are you going to do to him?" This, that, he, you instigate <laughs> the fight. You make it worse than it, it probably would have been. <laughs> Mark, are you ready to do your commercial? Uh, well, let's see what Dave has to say about Okay, I'll do it. But uh, commercial. <laughs> uh, listen up, guys and gals. We are sponsored by the best uh, hot sauce in the world. Silk City hot sauce is made with small batches with pure ingredients. Locally grown peppers are the foundation of every bottle of Silk City hot sauce. They have a lot of great flavors and amazing labels, original artwork. And uh, I'm killing it, man. I finished not only my stash, but the, the stash... That was supposed to go to Bill. We have. Yeah, he stole mine. <laughs> yeah, I ate yours. Uh, I finished. I almost finished yours. So we owe you some more. But uh, if you want to get some Silk City hot sauce, and trust me, it's really good. I'm on a bland diet. I lost 12 pounds. I'm looking great right now. If you haven't noticed, go to SilkCityHotSauce.com. SilkCityHotSauce.com. And if you put in the coupon code of OTC for off the cuff OTC, you'll get a 15% discount. The the bottles are only like five ninety nine, like that. You get for like four bottles for twenty bucks. You're hooked up for a couple a couple a month at least. Trust me, you'll enjoy it. I wouldn't lie to you. Very well done. You know, Dave, I, I also noticed and I, I a great a great little uh, article was written about you by Bob Mladenich, who's a friend of ours. Oh, yeah. uh, called the Sweet funny. Science. And it was written 16 years ago, I think, because you were 40 years old then when he wrote this article. And I know you're 56 now. I didn't mean to out you to the women here, but you're 50. I'm older than you, so you're 56. Anyway, you were you were a, a good cop too. You you were a recipient of the Combat Cross, isn't that correct? Uh yeah. Um, you know what? I kind of thought you guys were gonna ask me, and I, I know there's probably some people who don't believe me, so I went and I saw that I had it. So here it is. Yeah, that's legit. Wow, 
that's an amazing thing. So yeah, I would wear that out to bars if I were you. <laughs> I got a, I got a friend of mine who who's got a combat course, and uh, he's a motorcycle guy. He wears it. He wears it with a with like this like a dog chain or something like that. <laughs> he's he's big. He's scary. You know. Now, I, I, um, yeah, actually, no, I actually did, uh, police work back in the day that, that, you know, I did police work. Um, I have, I have strong feelings about police work. Um, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, like it, like it, there's so many things to say about police work, but the thing, the thing about it is I'm going to say, uh, there was Cannon, you're Irish, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, when I used to work UPS, uh, this, there was an Irish guy who told me about work and, and, and there was, there actually there were two Irish guys, but one guy was like, Hey, listen, they're going to pay you whatever they pay you. And you know, don't, don't worry about it. They have to pay you whether you work as hard as you can, or you work as soft as you can, you know? And he was always getting bothered by the bosses because he worked softly, you know, there was another Irish guy who I, who I really like, And this guy just worked hard. And I was like, I was like, Mike, you always work so hard. He goes, he goes, they pay you. He goes, you're a man. That, that's an agreement you take. You take a check and you agree to do the work. You know, if you agree to do the work, then do your work. And I've always, I, you know, I was a, I was basically like a teenager working in UPS. I was loading trucks. It was, it was incredibly hard and, and I worked, but I always kept that work ethic. And I believe the same thing of, of cops, you know, like, um, like you come, you take, you take a paycheck, you swore an oath, you're going to, you're going to protect society. You do your job, do your job, do whatever it is. And um, so I feel, I feel that uh, cops, you know, in general do their job. I don't feel the same way about the bosses, the higher up bosses, you know, you know, who, who don't do their job. They kind of say it. You know, so as especially I did most of my time as lieutenant, I did 17 years as lieutenant and um, I was very big on um, not not asking somebody to do anything I won't do. So if you're writing summonses, you know, I'm telling you, you got to write some summonses. I, I'll get in that car with you. You know, I'll, I'll bring out, you know, we'll write some summonses, uh, making collars, whatever, whatever we got to do, doing verticals. Even uh, a few years back, they used to have this uh, CRV where you where you stand out on uh, footposts and everything. So my big thing is, um, and this is this is to all you bosses out there. If there any bosses listening, if you're the kind of schmuck that uh, that rolls down your window a little bit, to, you know, not to lose your air conditioning or the, the heat, and takes that memo book and scratches and passes it out, you're an asshole. All right, get the hell out, get the hell out of your car. And stand post with the guy for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like stand post with them. Show, show them that you've done this too. You're out there. Check, check for the well-being of your people. You know, and and talk to them a little bit. Give them, give them some input on what they got to do, what their mission is, who they are, what they're about. That somebody actually gives a damn about them. You know. So, so you know, I had a reputation for like when when I actually. Did the post? I come well, out. Dave, I, I was a sergeant for twenty two years, and I know that you know Lee Pactor, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Lee, Lee Pactor. And I said this joke a million times. He had the yeah. funniest joke. He used to say, "You know why I'm not a chief?" And I'd say, "Why, Lee?" He goes, "That damn sergeant's test." <laughs> and for me, it was the damn lieutenant's test. That's why I was a sergeant for twenty two years. You know? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like Lee. Lee's uh, Lee's son. Um, Lisa, oh my God, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his on his name. I think it's Jay. Uh, 
but his, his son, his son boxed with me. We went to Ireland a couple times, uh, you know, so his son, his, his son, uh, boxed with me, you know, and, uh, Oh, good, good looking kid. Good Joey, looking. Joey Cintron was one of my anti-crime cops. He great, great guy. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love Joey. I just spoke to him the other day on the phone, but he was, he was in such great shape. He could, you know, he was a follow guy in anti-crime because he didn't look right. like a cop. So he could chase them because he was in great shape. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, th I think it helps. Like, I'm not saying like you got to go out there and uh, be able to punch or something, but you should, one thing about boxing is like, you know how to take a punch in the face. You know, you've been in, you, you know, you don't necessarily have to have street fights, but if you, if you've been punched in the face a few times and you could handle yourself, you know, you're not going to die. All right. I got hit in the face. It, it kind of helps you. It kind of helps your bearing as, as, as a person and as, as a police officer. I, I honestly, I think that jujitsu is, is a better, better thing for, for yeah. police officers because they can, you know, like a physically grab and handle. I think that's better, but you know, I, I think cops should know how to fight a little bit. And I think bosses uh should should get out and 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 be with their with their men and women and, and show them that they're willing to do the same well, thing. Well, I think that's what the fire department has over us is that their bosses go in first, you know. And uh that that's a, a trait that all I think all good bosses should have that like you say, you'll do anything. You know, I did six and a half years in anti crime, street crime, anti crime, right. and you know, yeah. And three and a half of that was as a sergeant. And the cops knew I would do every single thing that they did, you know, and without questions asked. You know. I remember uh, being on a post. I think it was it, it was after 9-11. But it was probably like three or four months after 9-11. Like 9-11 was, you know, it was, it was done. Right. It, and then all of a sudden we're by like the Jacob Javits Center and – you know, we're all inside watching TV, and whoever was the sergeant that they gave us, I was in the warrant squad, uh, he raised us. So we came out, <laughs> now we're battling this cold to get all the way to his car, and I give him I give him my book. He goes, um, <laughs> he said to me, he goes, no, 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 I didn't want to scratch you. I just wanted to see where you were. So then I go, you better scratch me now because you're not going to find me later. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Oh my we're, god! We're in the middle of watching TV inside. You, you <laughs> outside for this? I <laughs> thought he was going to feel your memo book and say, "You haven't been outside. This is a warm memo book." Right now, what are we doing? Playing games? There's nothing. There's not one person. It, it it was just like now, right? Whatever that is, Eleventh Avenue or West Side Highway, wherever that freaking Javits Jacob Javits Center is. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, it's cold. No. Yeah. There was not a person outside. There was no reason oh, for that's, us. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's right by the highway. Yeah, it's by yeah, the they, highway. They broke us down, like, you yeah. know, and two hours later, they sent us back to where we were. It, it, it's, listen, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. they want to play games. I'm not playing. All right, yeah. whatever. Polio2112, thank you for that $5 super chat. Well, Peter Pranzo and Richella Pranzo, two of our biggest fans, Lieutenant Pete and the Harlem Raiders, Ronald McCall. Sandra Rivera, Larry Bennett, Armando Rodriguez. Look at all these great people here. Uh, Mimi J2, Larry Bennett again, Robert Oviedo, Princess Mitch, Marcello Cello Hernandez, Mimi J2, Luis Martinez. I'm trying to get Melody McAtee. Thank you so much for the 1999 Super Chat. And New York City Cops and Kids back uh, Boxing, and that's Pat Russo. Thank you so much, Pat, for all you do. 
Thank you for uh, contacting Dave for me. I didn't have his number on my phone, you know, but uh, thank you. He, he seems like he's a, a great guest and a great guy. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things here. Uh, tell us what a trip going overseas for the boxing team is like, just for for a civilian. What, what is that experience like? I'm glad you mentioned it because that's going to segue into this. But first, let me say, Ron McCall, uh, me and him came on together. He's a deputy inspector now, and he's a three-time Golden Gloves champion. In three different weight classes, and he's That's from good side. He grew up. He grew up in. Um, he grew up in the Tompkins houses. Uh, forgive me if I got the wrong houses. All those projects look like I don't know. But uh, they, but he's from Brooklyn. He grew up. He grew up in there. He's he's just a smart man, and and he's he's a big part of our team. And Louis Martinez, that's uh, Bugsy. His ears are like this, they, so they call him Bugsy. <laughs> he's a, he's a great boxer, and uh, he's in the police academy. He made the sergeant's list. Uh, he's, you know, like these are people that I've known for, you know, Patty. I, I've known these people for like 20 years. They're, they're, they're near and dear to me. So let me segue. Let me segue into what you just said right now, because not last year because COVID, but the year before. I wanted to answer that question. So I did my first ever, first ever destination smoker. So basically, I took 125 people, count them. Go like this 25 times, and you will have 125. And that's how many people went with me on a trip to Barbados. And we did a destination smoker. Um, we had we had a ring built for us, and we fought some Barbadian. Uh, we call them Bayesian, not Barbados. So uh, they fought some cops, and uh, I knew some guys from L.A. They also came out there, and they fought in the smoker, and uh, a couple guys fought each other. And we had a smoker there. I brought 125 people with us. And it was uh, for a thousand dollars. You got um, uh, all the food you could eat, all the all free drinks, free free food. Uh, you got the smoker, and it was a hotel with the pool. So 125 of us came there, and they enjoyed the heck out of it. You How know? many days was it? It was. Uh, we got there on a Thursday. We left on a Thursday morning, very early in the morning. Got there Thursday, like around noonish. Sunday. We left on Sunday. We pulled out. Are you going to say you left on Friday morning? Thursday night. That's good. That's a good weekend. Yeah, no, it was good. And and I got it, you know, I got a good group deal. Uh, I got it for a thousand dollars and I'm actually uh, next month. I'm going to Columbia and I'm going to scout it out. If, if I can do a destination smoke in Columbia, we might do it in July or August this year, but I'm going to set up the trip. Same type, same press. I'm going to bring, um, since I'm planning in advance, I might be able to bring a couple hundred people, but um, you know, it's it's going to be the same thing. It's we're going to set up a smoker down there. We're going to have people come, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So, what about the guys on the on the boxing team though that they get to go abroad? Well, they, they, I've been everywhere. I've been to uh, Vancouver, Canada. I've been to Nicaragua. I've been to Bulgaria. Uh, before I was on the team, they went to Russia. We we will never go to Russia because those Russians are serious about boxing and. Uh, their boxers are, are legitimate, like army specialists who train boxing, and you know they're world class. They're they, like level. We're not. We're not going to box them. They but beat I, up Americans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they. Anybody. They. Hey, they, Dave. Ron. Inspector Ron Schindel said to say hello to you. Uh, oh, that's comrade yeah, that's from my, that was in my CO in Brooklyn North Task. Brooklyn North Task Force. Yeah, and he's he's now uh, he's an he's an inspector now with the Port Authority. 
Oh, he went to the Port Authority. Okay, yeah. I know. He, I know he went to a big business and he was uh, over there. But I well, wow. now he's an inspector on the Port Authority. His son, his son just made it to the states uh, in wrestling. His son's a, a really good wrestler from oh, Long really? Island School. Oh. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's a small world. I, I love these people. Ronnie Shindell was 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 my man over there back in the day. Great guy, oh. man. He he's a big fan of Police Off the Cuff. That's how I got to meet him. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, shout out to Duty Ron. He's on. What's yeah. up, Duty Ron? That's awesome. So if you're on a team, basically, I, I get you fights. And uh, we've been everywhere. But Dave, been... am I too old to fight? Uh, no, you're actually <laughs> not too old to fight. I would get you somebody. You're going to get me some old bastard to fight yeah, from yeah, Ireland? <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we, we, we would make fun of you on the broadcast. You know? <laughs> you know? Saying, All right, Bill's putting down his cane. No, no, he's trying to fight with it. You know, like, you know. we, we I have we, a new left hip. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm beat up. <laughs> I'm beat up from the job, you know. <laughs> Listen, a guy like you, forget about it. We 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 would get you a fight. We, we fight. Yeah, if anybody's never, for the people that have never seen the videos, when you when you show up at the precinct, obviously the the, the guy who's going to fight has to be working that tour. The, do they know that you're coming though? You know, um, all right. So this is one of the the, the things that the, the job hit me on the ass on the way out. You know, they threw charges at me and everything. It was it was it was a little. It's a little bittersweet over there, but um, the memories are good. Like when I used to come into a precinct, I used to find out when these guys' tours were. I pretty much know their work, and I call the desk officer. Maybe I will text them, and I come in. When when I came into when I came into a precinct, everybody everybody knew what I was there for. They knew I was going to take out the phone. I'm going to do a video. You know, um, a lot of times platoon commanders and sergeants would try to bring people in. You know, the club would get ready. They're trying to sell their T-shirts. You know. Uh, it was it was a good time, and and basically when I came in, they're like, "Oh, it's on, it's for real." And that that w I don't know how many times to say they're like, "Oh man, Smoker talks here, it's on." That you know. So until I come there, it's just a rumor, it's just a rumor that these guys uh, can fight or these girls. But when I come there, the Smoker talking, then then you know it's it's on, it's popping, it's good. Uh, the command is going to have a good time. They're going to come out to the fights. It's 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 an exciting thing, and I I know someone so, someone put something not funny. Someone wrote Bill versus Larry Storch. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. But uh, you know what though, the you you have a you have a knack for it. That's my point. What I'm getting at is that you have a knack for instigating. You have a knack for showing up and and really making the fight. A big deal, and I'm sure that you could take that to all all levels. It's not something that somebody has. I mean, you know, it's it's a talent. Well, thank thank you, but uh, you know, I don't I don't know how how good that look on my resume that I'm instigating uh fights. I actually <laughs> that's what a fight promoter does. Well, yeah, that's that's you true. should take well, it to the private sector. They probably want to beat the shit out we, of each other. We too. actually are. Pat Russo, myself, George, and a couple other people. We're gonna go into uh, actually um, Ryan O'Leary from from uh, uh, like the Mount Vernon area, and um, it's in Mount Vernon. Well, it's upstate. He does. He says it's not upstate, just north of the Bronx. And um, Felipe, uh, Felipe, uh, is it Felipe Gomez? It's, it's Felipe. He's a uh, he's a retired sergeant as well. Um, Great, great boxer. So we're, we're going to do some promoting and, um, you know, uh, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be small at first, but I hopefully it'll, it'll be bigger on, you know, be big later on. 
at, at the end of the day, any one of these kids that comes out of the program, if they don't wind up becoming a cop, if they actually have the talent or they have the desire to go into professional boxing, it would be great if they can align themselves with somebody who started with them, who's going to guide their career in the right way, who's not looking to rip them off. It's, it, you know, because there's so much of that going on. Oh, heavy, heavy, yeah. Getting to that level. Yeah. But if they could align themselves with you all the way through the whole, you know, at some point they're going to have to dump you off. You, you know, it's going to happen until you get to, you know, Oscar De La Hoya level. But <laughs> until then, you could manage these boxers, you know what I'm saying, and get them into the pro ranks and get them fights. We're, we're hoping. You know, it's a little bit of a slippery slope because you want to say, like, you're pushing people into turning pro, you know. So uh, we we just I think uh, what's what's good about cops and kids, especially somebody like Patty, you never you never want to see Patty Russo uh, come into a gym how he's uh, how he gets surrounded, like these kids come to him they're like Patty 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 and 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 they might as well be saying Daddy 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 because that's what it is. So uh, when Patty Russo comes in there, it, it's it's a great thing. I dealt mostly with the cops, so with the cops I was like coming into the precinct and I was like. Uh oh, smoker talks here. Smoker talks here, and you know, and I would take pictures with everybody. It, it, it was a lot of fun, but uh, we we do want to help these kids. So, uh, like, we got a kid, Jamal Jamal Spence. He's not a kid anymore. He he just turned forty. I've known Jamal for eighteen years, and before that, he was in uh, he was in PAL before they stopped boxing. And uh, what happened? How he got involved with us was uh, he actually got arrested by, by for for fighting in the street as a kid. You know, uh, a juvenile arrest, you know, no big deal. So he gets arrested and, and he's talking to the detective and detectives, you know, uh, doing doing the paperwork. And the detective's talking to him and he says, wow, this guy's this guy's pretty cool. You know, because cops, cops are cool. When, when when you sit and talk to us, we're pretty cool. We get, you know, nobody cares about anything. We'll talk to you. And the kid's like, so the guy tells him, he goes, kid, if you want to fight, go to the PAL. They got places for, they got, they got places for people like you. And uh, he met up with uh, Pat Russo. He got into the, to the PAL, and then he became a uh, – he came on a job. And right right from the academy, he was in my gym working out with me. Now he's a first-grade detective. He's a first-grade detective. Uh, he's put his life on the That's line. That's because he knocked out all the other detectives that were ahead of him. Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> that, that, might, that might be what it is. But uh, he, was, he was in gang for 15 years. He was the top undercover, bought a lot of guns and drugs, uh, put his life on the line. Uh, you know, and really, really, really interesting. And I got, I got a zillion stories like that. So the kids, the kids do well, just because, uh, you know, when when the cops come in there and they have somebody to talk to and they get asked some questions and stuff, it's it's pretty good, you know. Hey, you guys are doing God's work, man. And you know, there's uh, that's one of the ways when they talk about criminal justice reform. I think that's one of the ways I do agree with that they can make a difference. And there's putting money into the youth what you guys are doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, and up in, you know, the three, four yeah. precinct has the Michael Busek little league, uh, which oh, they've Johnny, had a lot. Johnny Moynihan started that. Yeah. They've had a lot of success stories mm -hmm. through that also. Yeah. yeah. Of course you got the New York city kids in boxing, which is a yeah, fantastic thing. But uh, Pat, oh, Pat was on the show and Pat told us about, um, you know, how the kids come there and uh, they can do their homework and they can exercise and it's no pressure. Some of the kids wind up getting involved in boxing, and some of them wind up hitting the bag for a little bit. But you know, making new friends—it's yeah. that, that's a beautiful thing. 
And that's uh, the more of those programs are needed, uh, especially when it deals with uh, with the popo, because it, we all know that the PAL is like, uh, God forbid, if you get stopped for something, you could, oh, I know, so you know, I I play for so and so, you know. Yeah. It was those I, little things. You it, know what it, 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 no, it, it does. It's it's so it's such a good thing. As a matter of fact, um, I was the PAL lieutenant uh, because Patty talked me out of going into. So I went from uh, I was in the firearms investigation unit, which uh, you know I had undercover buying undercovers buying guns and all these gun investigations. So I went from there <laughs> to the PAL to be the PAL lieutenant. Of course, when I got there, a new guy took over, and that's when he decided, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do boxing anymore. But I got a quick story. What's the what's the famous uh, pizza shop over there in, in the Bronx? The most famous one, like. Is it Frankie and Johnny's or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Right? It's uh so I did a program over there. It was pretty funny. I got they didn't have uh the PAL gym was Webster, so it wasn't close to there, but they were having uh fights in a park and it was uh allegedly the blood and crips, you know, like the blood and crips are not really in New York, they're in California, but you know, these kids were fighting over it. So I started a boxing program. I got a local boxing gym. Uh, to give uh, like free slots to these uh, to these kids, so we were gonna have all the bloods versus the crib. We we're gonna do a smoker. We we're gonna do a fight. Uh, this is this is back in like you know I'm talking about 2007 where where I I could kind of still get away with these things you know. And plus <laughs> plus I didn't really answer to anybody. I was kind of like a lone lone ranger. So I, I went to the Bronx. So we were gonna get these kids to fight each other. So to train, we got like about we got about 12 or 15 of them to go to the gym. You know, so they went to the gym. You know, uh, some of them got their butts kicked right away. Some of them, uh, they couldn't they couldn't handle it because it was discipline and, you know, they were smoking weed and, they, they, you know, they, they were just getting beat up. And three of them stayed with the program. But it was funny because because they went to the program every day. Um, some detectives, some sharp detectives, you know, took took uh, took their complainants there and they they solved, uh, you know, the, the Frankie Johnny's uh, things that were getting robbed. Oh, those, uh, they, they pointed out the kids. So, 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 <laughs> it up. It's so, so, so I got credit for cleaning up uh, that area of the Bronx. Um, was, I think it was the four nine or something like that. I, I, but most likely it started with the four. But um, yeah. it was a good boxing program. And you know, you you don't you don't get that you don't get that. How, Dave, how many years you've been off the job now? I've been off since uh, November of 2019, so a uh, oh, year and a half. You're you're a rookie in the retirement game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Wait, yeah. The time that goes by, the more you feel like a civilian. Like you'll get to a point where you get pulled over. You're like getting actually nervous. Like <gasps> no. <laughs> I used to be on this job. <laughs> hey, Ron Shindell says, Dave's work with boxing is phenomenal, but he was also a very good street cop and an excellent disorder control warrior. And he said, Dave, thanks for the $50 super chat you gave me. For Ron to say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait a minute. I'm getting set up with something here. I don't know. <laughs> Like Ronnie Shadell, yeah, that that was back in the day. I was at the um, we had a couple of good riots uh, with with, with uh, Ronnie Shadell. We had uh, this construction workers. I've never seen anything like it. There was something like forty thousand of them, and um, they were mad at the transit authority because they hired uh, what do you call it, scabs, like non-union workers, and they went crazy. These guys were like construction workers. They were all blue collar guys, and they were very respectful, but they were big, strong guys, and you know they they. 
you know, they got a little excited. They were throwing some people around and uh, they were great. I mean, like uh, we arrested some of them, you know, they're like plumbers, they're big, they had a black guy, they, they come up to you, <laughs> sorry, officer, sorry, officer, you had to do that. That's like, that wasn't me, it's somebody else. And like old fashioned protest right there. Yeah, and then uh, we were also at the Biggie, Biggie Smalls funeral, uh, you know, in, in Brooklyn, and that went crazy. That, that was crazy, you know. Every um, breath you take, every move you make. What was that like? Tell and he did a rap tune to that. Because oh. I, I watched that, that video yeah. of, um, you know, the body being driven through the Bronx, uh, through, the, uh, through Brooklyn. Through Brooklyn, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. What happened? A bunch of documentaries on Netflix right now. But that, what was that like? That, well, what it was was we, we were staying there, and uh, you know, like the, the funeral procession. You know how you you pass by the house of where where the kid grew up. Yeah, yeah. So so you you have that going on. So it's on St James and Fulton. So we're waiting there, and um, they come like, you know, nobody's gonna come on time. You know, it's a it's a funeral, right? The guy's late to his own funeral. Like nobody's coming on time. So by the time the procession gets there, first of all, we start. You know, we have barricades, you know, holding the crowd back, like onto the sidewalk. But as the time goes, there's more and more people coming out. By the time there, there were thousands, thousands, there must have been tens of thousands of people out there. And they're pushing and everything, and, and it's going crazy. And now we're trying to adjust the barricades. We got the orange, uh, you know, the orange mesh that, yeah. that, that couldn't hold back. That couldn't hold back, you know, like your grandmother, you know, it, it couldn't. Why? But they're trying to, like, trying to establish lines. And now here comes uh it, it wasn't P Diddy back then it was Puff Daddy and Little Kim and all, all these all these uh rappers and they come through the crowd and now now they could barely drive through the crowd and, and like you know and they're, they're amping up the crowd everybody's going now now the crowd is pretty much through the barricades the street is full you know the police have lost all control and uh and like the, the orange mesh is added to the exacerbations because now people were stomping on it, you know. Then there's a there's a record shop and they play uh they play hypnotized, they play one of his songs. Uh -huh. The place all starts dancing, right? But this is this is this is the hood. You're not you're not just dancing. People start jumping on cars and they're stomping them down. And I'm watching, I'm just like, oh my goodness. I'm seeing cars like you know, like when standing up, I'm not that tall. So you know, here's a car here, and it's going down, right? And you're like, all right, it's it's about to go. What's gonna happen? And and I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much like, you know, you're you're ready for the fight, but you don't know what where it's coming and what's happening. Sure enough, scuffles start breaking out, bottles start coming. You try trying to duck bottles. You know, it, it's it's crazy. People are getting arrested. No shots fired. Did nah, they? No, no, never, 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 never. They show that part in the documentary. Yeah, I don't know. There's no shots. They just show, they just show the body coming through. But yeah, it, that's that's the eventuality. And on that note, also you, you want to talk about a crazy thing? How about the when the Grand Ribby died? Did you have to work that night? No, but I I heard about it. I heard oh about it. Yeah, that, that was like big. That was a ten times worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, oh my god, I had to work that night. Oh yeah, do you go to Queens? Do you go to Queens? I was in the Queens Task Force. They send us to Brooklyn when the Grand Ribby died. That was yeah. like a hundred thousand people. Yeah, and they all want to touch, the, to touch the, 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 the 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 coffin at the same time. Right. Yeah. No, they, it, was, they, it, was they, it was insane. Yes, absolutely it was insane. They didn't care if you were a cop. They just pushed you out of the way. It was 
there's one. It, it was. That's one of the things about being a cop in New York. It's or any big city for for that matter where this you know these type of things happen. It's it's amazing. And you wouldn't know. I worked in Brooklyn North as a cop. You know, I worked in Brooklyn North as a cop for for four and a half years in uh, Brooklyn North Task Force. I was in the seven five for a little bit for for a cup of water, and then I went to the Brooklyn North Task Force. Then I went to the six seven in uh, East Flatbush, and I found out what Juve was. I had no idea that this. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, and uh, it it it's eye opening. But there's there's all kinds of things like this in the city. There's there's all kinds of uh, of uh, things things going on that you would never ever ever know. You know. You know, there was a moment where you had a certain amount of time on the job when you got your vacation picks and you could actually take that week off, even if you had no place to go, you would take the West and the, like you were just, you didn't even want to do it. You didn't even want to save it for your individual pick. You know, take a week off and we're going somewhere. I don't care if we don't have the money. <laughs> you, you were not working that as soon as you can get out of it. A lot of people don't understand. When you get your vacation picks, the first week that you would look at, oh my God. like when is that West Indian Day Parade? I'm not going to that. And then Boy, it, I would I would absolutely torture you if you wanted my cops. I volunteered for that. I would volunteer for that. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing more exciting than 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 Juve and the West Indian Day Parade to me. I I loved it. It was, uh, I knew it was crazy, but it's I just I, I just remember loved being it. backed up against the barricade. Those those uh, the steel barricade and uh, they could have taken me and stripped me of my clothes, my uniform, my gun, everything. That is how there was. I couldn't see anybody. There was <laughs> not a cop within sight. You couldn't. And then all of a sudden, this wheelbarrow comes up to me, and there's a, a a woman in it, and she jumps out, and she starts dancing in front of me. So then I start dancing with her. And we did that for a minute, and then she got back in the wheelbarrow. And the guy who was controlling the wheelbarrow, he moved her on her way. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm still alive. Okay, good." <laughs> oh, that's great. I got, I got, a, I got a West Indian Day story for you if you want. Let me just uh, shout out to Gaspar Ramirez. Thank you so much for that nine ninety nine super sticker, Mimi J two, oh. MC's Audio. Thank you guys for all the, all your support. Uh, he's talking about Juve and the West Indian Day Parade. You know, we had Mike Heinrichs on this show, and he oh, was uh, that's the legend. Yeah. Oh my God, they called him the General. You know, I think yeah. that uh, when he was making first grade detective, uh, well, a chief that was there said to one of the detectives, "He goes, who's Audie Murphy?" <laughs> you know, because he had that rack about this high. <laughs> he goes, "I didn't know someone let Audie Murphy in the room." <laughs> he's no, he's he's legit. He um. He was in Central Brooklyn when when they used to have it in the eighth floor back in the day in Brooklyn. He was going to get something to eat or something like that, and somebody shot him. And um, he had his vest on, and and he ran him down and 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 caught him. You know, Mike Mike Heinrichs was like like the cops, 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 cop. He he yeah. he, he was like in like I don't know like four different shootouts. Well, you know, Dave, he was he has two combat crosses and two medals of valor. They would yeah. never these days. They would never let you get that many medals. They'd lay you down. Oh, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's crazy. But um, oh, I'm working the West Indian Day Parade one day, and I got I got this guy working with me, who's um 
who who actually worked with me in Brookmore Task Force. So I'm a lieutenant at the time, and I hear I hear uh, shots fired coming over. So it's uh, I forgot who exactly. It's on Franklin and Dean or something like that. I said, oh, let's get over there. Let's go over there. So he starts driving like a maniac. I go, whoa, whoa. I said, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I, I said, we're not. We're not. Um, I go, we're not getting in the shootout. The shootout's done. Believe me, if they're calling for help, you know, they're calling 1013, whatever. So we, but we're getting over there. There's definitely shots fired. And he goes, so, so he gets over there at a timely rate. And he goes, what are we getting there for? I go, well, to help out and get some more overtime, of course, you know. So, <laughs> so he's like, he goes, what? I go, just follow me. I come in there. Within within two minutes, I got I got all the cops. You shot, you shot. I know you shot. Get over here. Boom. And, 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 and you know, you appreciate this, Bill, as a boss. We, we, you know, I got them all in van. I, I, I got, I got the inspector there telling me, Dave, you got all the guys who shot. Yeah, I think I got them all. I get their guns. I'm like, yeah, give me your guns. So I got like, I got my, my whole shirt. My whole shirt is like full of guns. And I'm like, <laughs> so, 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 so this my guy John is saying, what are we gonna do now? I go, what are we gonna do now? We're gonna give it over to you know, we're gonna give it to ballistics and crime scene, and they're gonna, they're gonna do all the tests and everything and confiscate the guns. And, 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 and us, I go. We sit there. We're part of. We're part of the chain of evidence now. I, I got to sign off on it. They can't do nothing until I sign off on it. And we got an extra like ten hours of overtime. <laughs> you were what was known as an overtime abuser. <laughs> oh my god! Somebody's got to do it. It might as well be me. You know. That's right. That's right. Hey, Polio twenty one twelve. He put up something funny. He said, "Mark." Drinking Red Stripe, talking about the West, West Indian Day Parade. I didn't realize it, but I am drinking Red Stripe. Oh, okay. There you go. I, yeah. yeah. The the market closed early on Easter, and then I had to go to, like, my local guy here, and then I saw Red Stripe. So I was like, you know, I'll just grab a six-pack of this. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, man. Very good. Very yeah, good. why not? Right? <laughs> why not? I know. Well, all good. Hey, Dave, you also wrote a book called Blue Christmas, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, you I want did to tell this, us um, about that? I I did uh I did a toy drive. It was a, it was um it was it was it was pretty funny. I I you know what you you got to do things like me. You know like that. Like I'm not I'm not like a handsome guy that's gonna like talk you out of your your money or whatever. You know, but I'm, I'm a little rough. But I'm not I'm not that bad. So what I did is um we we had a we had a kid that I decided oh we're gonna do a toy drive and I. I took I took it like a dollar from everybody, and it, it went well. We you know we got a we got a bunch of toys and stuff like that. I said oh, I'm gonna do it again for the next year. So I did it for a few years, and it got up to five dollars. But people would run from me, you know, and I felt very bad. <laughs> you know, so so you know, like after a while, me and some of my guys, we just jump people, and, and you know, we we sometimes we'd whip them off for five dollars, and 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 we would you know, we we would get this money, and and at the by by Christmas Day. I'd have like a whole jail cell full of uh, toys and, you know, I'd, I'd have volunteers. They were my elves and they'd wrap it up and we just deliver them on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas day and just give it to, uh, we just give it to uh, all the people, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a, uh, a little, That's <laughs> a little you know, is, doesn't the SBA still do that now? Yeah. The SBA. The, yeah. Um, well, Eddie Mullins, I, I worked with him in the six, seven, four, for a little bit. When I came up to the squad, uh, Eddie was there as a squad guy, and this was just before he got promoted to president. And he 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 liked the idea. He 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 saw me do the shakedown, so he he kind of took it over because you know I'm, I'm kind of done with it, and uh, and and he does it. So he does a blue Christmas, which I don't care who does it. Like if somebody does it, God bless him. You know, yeah. it's a it's a nice thing. It's 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 a nice thing. It's not like 
it's not like you're trying to change the world, but you know, you just nah, it's a great thing. You may change yeah. one kid's world, you know. Right. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh shakedowns, uh Bill, can you post up uh sure uh, I'm doing an album? I'm doing a comedy album. It's oh, called nice. That's the working title right now, The Bangers. The greatest hits, the classics, Mark DeMeos. Uh, it's going to be great. Trust me, if you haven't seen me live, you're going to love it. I'm doing it at the New York Comedy Club, the East Village location on 4th Street on Sunday, April 25th. We're doing two recordings, 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. If you go to NewYorkComedyClub.com, you can get tickets. It's nothing. It's 10 bucks. Come, please. I need you there. Uh, the recording is going to go on Sirius, F, uh, Sirius uh, Spotify, Apple iTunes. The album is going to be available for everybody. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, I'm going to send you the link, and you're going to get it for free, obviously. But it's going to be great. This is uh, – trust me. You'll love it. That wasn't so bad. That was pretty good, in fact, you know. We have to also – any of you guys that are listening to us in, uh, in the Super Chat – if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so. And if you're not a Patreon member, we have uh, three levels of Patreon. Uh, for $7 a month, you're the bucket. For $9 a month, you get to polish my rack. And for $11 a month, you uh, get to dip them in butter. And that's the premiere. And you get extra content. You come on our Patreon site. Mark's putting comedy on there. We're putting all kinds of stuff up there. We even talk to you if you want to call us up. You know, it's like we're we're like blue blue comics. <laughs> no, Bill has a great show that he does. Us, you know? uh, Bill has a true crime show that he's doing. It's kicking ass. I mean, oh, these people. Cool. They're, they're, you know, somebody just want to mention tomorrow. I'm so excited about this show. I have Tommy Dades on with Larry Mazza, and Tommy Dades grew up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Larry Mazza grew up in Graves Gravesend. Tommy Dades became a hero detective. Larry Mazza became a hitman for the Colombo crime family. Oh, really? And they've wow. remained friends after all these years. Larry wow. Mazza did 10 years in prison, even though he killed four people. And so he's out, and they're, they're, still, they're still buddies. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating hour and 15, hour and a half, whatever we decide to do. Yeah, Tom, but, uh, yeah I know Tommy very well. And he, yeah, it he, starts he, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night yeah. at 8 o'clock on YouTube Live. Yeah, he he is a great detective. I'll tell you that. Yeah, excellent. He's a mob mob expert too. Yes, you know? absolutely. And I'm 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 doing my. Uh, I finished the 30 day challenge. I got I got involved in Wim Hof uh, 30 day cold uh, cold shower challenge. I'm up to eight. You did that? Yeah, I'm up wow. to eight minutes. Today's my 32nd day. I'm up to eight minutes right now. I want to get to 10, and then I'm going to the ocean. I'm jumping in by myself. But if there's anybody else that wants to uh, go to the ocean right now, I'm available. If you want to, I'm, go, I'm going in for 10 minutes. I got wow. It. wow. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing, but uh, I'm going to be doing that video and tell you about what, what the 30-day 30, uh, 30 experience was like. I did it. I'm alive to tell you, um, and it's, it's, it's going to be cool. You, you'll learn a lot. I learned a lot, so I want to share it with our with our uh, subscribers. That's Mark, awesome. Mark, you should video yourself jumping into the ocean. I will. <laughs> when, when that happens, I will. I, I want to go in now or very close to now while it's still the water is still really cold. 
Because, I mean, well, you know. What would the point be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how cold the ocean is different right now, but when I go into the shower right now, I, I put it on, like, as cold as it can go. Like, it doesn't – otherwise, I'm shutting off the shower. And wow. then I go in there for eight minutes. Do you put it on cold right away, or do you do – you, do Yeah, you yeah that's the only one way you can do it. You got to face that challenge, man. Wait, you remember when you were talking about getting hit in the face? Yeah. That was one of the most interesting times when I was involved in boxing and I was trying to, like, figure out if this is something I want to do. There's something about getting hit in the face that it's like, what are you going to do? You're gonna, what are you going to do? You're going to hit me in the face? I get hit in the face every day. This, it's just, And that's what it's like doing the cold showers in a way because it's like, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do to me that's any worse than going into Because I've never been – there's not been one day in 32 days that I have been in the mood for it. Every day sucks. <laughs> I, Mark, I, you know, someone said – Mark, someone said – Mark, you'll be talking like a lady when you're done because your balls will be all shriveled up in your throat. And that was a comment by a woman. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they definitely. But you know what? If you can get your breathing right, they actually start hanging a little bit. Is <laughs> controlling your breathing in the under any circumstance. And every cop should have to know this going into the academy. It's about controlling your breathing. So you're in control of the situation because everything is about breathing. Yeah, I agree. Once your breathing gets into it, like um, they had this guy, uh, he's a tall guy, he's a super heavyweight in the in the UFC, a heavyweight, uh, Adamir, whatever, but he went to Wim Hof too. But it's it's good. It's good for breathing. It, 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 in the time of crisis, what you have to do is you get, you get your breathing under control. My son's been doing it for a couple of years now, and he got a lot of other people to do it, and they, they all – they all do it. Uh, Danny Neeson, his father Liam, does it. You know, and uh, that's why I promote it too because it helped me a lot. Yeah. And, and, uh, listen, this is what, what this show is about. It's just about helping people. That's right. You got arthritis like me. You got allergies. It knocks it right out, man. I mean, I would be uh, uh, normally I would be suffering right now. I'm suffering a quarter of the amount but this time of year with my arthritis. I've been to the doctor. They told me I have arthritis like a, a eight-year-old person. My knees, my, and I just go in there in the cold shower. It knocks it out. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's excellent. Dave, any? Uh, we're going to be wrapping this up. Any final thoughts? Uh yeah. Uh, just if if you're interested in going to this destination smoker, that includes you two. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna announce it after I go to uh, Columbia in May. Um, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna set it up. I'll announce it when 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 we're gonna go there. I don't know exactly. I'd have I'd have to uh, I'd have to you know make it up with the, with the thing. We will be bringing smokers back as soon as uh, the government allows. You know uh, the city and the state. We we we're under the governor and mayor right now, so we really can't do nothing. And uh, you know it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, you know I I left the police department, but I haven't left. You know they haven't left my heart. So we we will do smokers. You'll be back instigating again. You know, um, yeah, I'm gonna be doing it more from like streamyard type stuff, you know, <laughs> where, where I get this, where I get all three phases. Stirring up the pot. Yeah, yeah. You, you want me to practice with YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, promise that you'll come back on the show. We'd definitely love to have you come back. 
Well, hopefully with when I have something good to tell you. Yeah, with some updates on the smokers and you know the yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. If you want, listen, you can plug it on here. If you got two boxes that that need to two uh, cops that need to for some reason straighten something out, bring them on here. Yeah, maybe you guys could escalate it a little bit more than I can. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ain't definitely shit stirs. That's for sure. That's what we yeah, he loves to stir the pot too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Are we done? I, I think so, man. Uh, I you think may, we're done. I want to give a shout out to uh, Gaspar Ramirez, uh, Peter, uh, Rebecca Hicks, obviously Peter Prenzel, Tim Costa, so many people, Sandra Rivera. Um, so everybody that tunes in, man, thank you so much. Thank you guys from Police Off the Cuff. Mark DeMeo, Bill Cannon, thank you guys for supporting us. Thanks, Dave. Dave Steve, you're, you're the man. Back. I hope we'll see you back soon. Good night, right. everyone. Fun. Yeah.